Hello and welcome to East Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've been away for about a month. Yes. Um, welcome back to you. You've been away in Italy. Yes, but I've only been away for 10 days. That's true. But I, don't know, I don't know why we haven't really done much for a month, but you know, there you go. Um, we decided to make our triumphant return due to overwhelming public demand <laughs> with Don't Worry Darling, which we like the trailers for this a huge amount. It looks super stylish and yes. intriguing. And you could tell it was going to be Stepford Wives. It. Like, you could see the influences on it from the start, mm. but it looked really good. Directed by Olivia Wilde. Um, written by Katie Silverman, who wrote Booksmart. That was Olivia Wilde directed, and we liked that. We liked that very much. Full of energy and all that sort of and, stuff. And smartness. Yeah. yeah. Intelligence, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we were looking forward to this. <laughs> Halfway to... through, I told you and Matt, whom we were watching it with, this is the worst movie I've seen all year. Yeah, and we've seen Beast. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that had a lion. <laughs> so, I must say, though, that the last half uh, of the film, the last third of the film, made it different for me. It, it made it a bit better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, at least it made sense of what you were seeing, because until that point, you think, it can't just be this banal. Like, there's actually, there was, there was nothing in it that was gripping you as to what was going to happen next, really? That's the issue, because yeah? it's definitely setting up a mystery that it's then going to resolve, but it's that it does it... With, as you said, such banality, such unoriginality, and, and in such an unfocused way. I think the storytelling is really bad. The storytelling is so bad. So before we get into talking about what the, you know, the, the last act has in store and so on, let's talk about the... Um, the, the let's set up the film, right? Spoiler free. Mm. So it's set in a 1950s-looking sort of you know, idyllic American um, company town. Uh, in like the California desert, it's a town called Victory, and it's been this kind of constructed town. Everyone there works for the Victory Project. Um, we, we don't really know what this is, um, but all the men, you know, leave their homes every day. The women stay at home doing all the housework and the cooking and all of that, and the men go off every day and they're working at the Victory Project, whatever this is, right? And that's the routine. And um, one of the couples in this town is uh, made up of Florence Pugh mm. and Harry Styles, and Florence Pugh starts to. Um, become suspicious of what this town is, why they're there, all this kind of stuff. There's a woman named Margaret who is expressing concerns and you know being quite loud and vocal about it. There's a there's a kind of get together at the leader's house. The leader is um, Chris Pine, mm. and she you know makes makes a point of saying, "Why are we here? What is this place?" And she's taken away by men in red suits, and that is your setup, right? And so there's there's definitely you you feel like I say from the trailer even. There's something Stepford Wivesy here, and Stepford Wives is kind of the. I think, I think it's impossible to talk about this film without talking about it in reference. Yeah. To that. Even if you don't talk about it in too much detail, it's like it's just the archetype. Yeah. What this kind of thing is, um, it's not to say the twist is the same, um, but that's kind of what's going on here. It's what's underneath this perfect Americana. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's not just. It's not like a blue velvet thing where it's like it, it, it's sort of weird and corrupt. There's something specific going on, and we're going to find out what that is. Mm. Um, that is spoiler-free. We'll get into talking about spoilers. So I, 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 I completely understand why the last act started to get more interesting for you, because mm. it was making sense of these things. I think I pegged it pretty early on, actually. I said to Matt, we saw the film with Matt, and I said to him very early on, this is a spoiler, I think this is clearly set in the modern day, 
because I was thinking about the village in particular, which sure. Oh, that's a spoiler for the village. Um, but that's set in the modern day, and it's kind of it's people people reverting to a town in which they're hiding in that film, basically from the modern world. Um, and I thought the only way to update this kind of men controlling women thing, which is what it's doing, it's the men, men the men run this world, and the women are slaves in it. Mm. The only way they can update it is by doing it in the online world. That's the kind of the only different thing about that separates this from previous narratives of this type is that now it's the incel, it's the rise of the incel over the last 10 years or so that's kind of informing this. Yeah, except it's not quite that because, you know, the Harry Styles character is not an incel. You know, he's yeah. a married man. Um, so, so it becomes kind of a more interesting film in that respect. But, but before we talk about how it becomes more interesting, let's talk about how bad it was because, <laughs> you know, the first 45 minutes to an hour... I thought basically every decision that Olivia Wilde was making as a director seemed to me to be the wrong decision, mm. right? So from the very beginning, there's like this odd thing about differential focus. I mean, there's different depths of field. Yeah, the, the characters are arranged differently in the frame. And, you know, you're seeing the face of one, yeah, let's say Florence Pugh, and everybody else starts to come in and out of focus. And you think, okay, like, is this, you know something meaningful that like you know things are not what they seem that yeah mm. and you know i was trying to detect a pattern in it and and i really couldn't and it was just irritating mm. yeah how it was using that differential kind of focus so you know that was the first thing that i just simply didn't like um i really didn't like the um stylish trope or what it was meant to be a stylish trope yeah the toast the coffee the bacon frying mm. the men leaving in their cars every morning right yeah. i mean i think that had the potential to be kind of stylish if it was kind of sustained but also it lacked the sharpness mm. yeah that kind of you know the cars yeah weren't quite in line or yeah the, the, no it's kind of aiming at that truman show the routine of every day yes. and regimentation and that sort of thing but but, it, but they're not quite because they are cheating. being driven just by real people. Yeah. So yeah. Like it, but still, for the film's sake and for the style's sake, you're right. It doesn't have that. You want it to line up perfectly, and that really sells the idea. That's right. And then I didn't like. Um, so the acting was meant to be really stylized in that way. And what, what happened was, you know, that the character played by Olivia Wilde herself, yeah, is kind of in that, uh, in keeping with the tone. Of the film, yeah, the the brightness, the bitchiness, the stylishness that is aimed for, kind of audiovisually, but then of course the rest of the cast doesn't maintain that tone, mm. right? So kind of you know there's a difference in terms of acting styles. Um, I thought it was very interesting the distinction between like Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, right? Because Florence Pugh is wonderful and she's transparent. You know, and like she's constantly interesting to look at, mm. right? I think uh, Harry Styles is betrayed by the director, right? Because at the beginning you have no information on him, yeah? He's often not at the center of the frame. He's a really peripheral character for most of the film, mm. right? And he's got this interesting thing, which I think all pop stars do, with, with a couple of exceptions, yeah? Somebody like Frank Sinatra, who you just... Like, every emotion is visible in his face, right? Mm. But most pop stars, in life, they keep a distance, 
right? Because, I mean, whatever they're expressing, they're expressing in their music, right? Mm. So they have, like, kind of an image superimposed or masking, yeah, a self that's expressive and so on. They, yeah, they keep away from that. Mm. Um, you see that in Bowie, you see that in Madonna. Yeah, it has kind of, you know, this, this distance, this mask, really. And I thought it was very interesting to look at Harry Styles that way because I've been watching a lot of TikTok videos of him. Not that I've been following him, they just happened to appear on my feed, I think, you know, because of uh, my nieces, really. And the thing is, he's so charming, and he's actually so open with his audiences, he's so appealing, mm. right? And that's when he's performing kind of live, right? Whereas here, he's he's kind of like the opposite of that, really. Mm. Yeah, there's something kind of masking and false, and yeah, I mean, he's not he's not bad, necessarily. He's just almost like not there. Yeah, I think he is kind of bad, um, which is not to say that he couldn't, you know, improve in future. And I would like to see him improve because I think he's very appealing on screen. He has mm. presence, yes, but he is outmatched by the people around him, and he doesn't have. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing too interesting about the way he delivers a line of dialogue. It's no. just uh, typically what happens is just it tends to be quite flat. But he's also betrayed by the director. I mean, you know, here is the most famous and popular performer of the day. Mm. And he's given a dance sequence. Mm. Yeah. And he's made to dance something he's not skilled at. Though, you know, he is a, yeah, he is someone who knows how to move on stage. Yeah. And then it's filmed horrifically. But the character, I don't think, is supposed to be particularly good at it. It's a, no. It's like an initiation right or something. But that's it? not the point. You could yeah. show him... Yeah, kind of being charming in his dancing and maybe also being awkward, mm. right? But this is cut. So, you know, you, 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 you rarely see his full body in motion. It's cut to his head, to his feet. Then you get the odd shot, yeah, where yeah. you see him. Um, and that number could just have been made charmingly awkward or... Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I think it's a real betrayal because also I think a lot of the audience for this film will have gone to see Harry Styles. Yeah, mm. and he's given a moment on stage dancing, and this is what you give the audience? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, visually, uh, something I had an issue with, going back to you talking about the focus, because I sort of noticed focus, but I didn't make anything of it. But I noticed how often you see people looking away from camera when they're delivering dialogue, or obscured by something, or you see yes. the back of their head. Like, it's yes. kind of, it's... It's, I suppose in a way that is a betrayal, but it's just it's but it's it's a betrayal more of the audience than the actors. It's just I want to see, I want to see what you're showing. I want to hit, see the person speaking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's so bizarre. Some, just, some very odd decisions, and it's like the film was kind of trying to be rescued by editing. I think. So. Yeah. And it, or maybe it's a stylistic choice that actually doesn't quite work out. Maybe it's a way of saying. Okay, what you're seeing is not clear, it's obscure, you know. I mean, that, that's incredibly generous. It comes across to me as incompetent. Incom- I thought know, it like Because I think if... The, and that's definitely something you could be doing. And yes. it would be interesting to, yeah. to try that, maybe. But it would be feel so much more deliberate yeah. if they were doing... Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it does feel like... Um, there are a lot of things that are very amateur... Or that feel amateurish about it. Because I think even if it was a deliberate choice... You know, there's a way of delivering it better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and more uh, pointed. Yeah. With the, the significance of those things kind of made clearer. Right. Whereas, you know, I mean, I think it might have been a stylistic choice, but then it's not kind of um, concretized uh, mm. uh, very well. Um, so all of that was very frustrating in this film. Uh, let's think about the storytelling, because I said I think it's quite bad and you agreed with me. Mm. 
Um, issues that I had with the storytelling. We've, so we've seen the kind of development of this plot before, right? It's, it's someone figures out there's something not right about the world they're living in. They start to put together pieces of information about it, build up to a confrontation and that sort of thing. And um, the film will introduce things and forget them immediately. And, and, and at other times, it will introduce things far too late, exactly when they're needed. So here's an example of both. Um, the first one is the eggs at the start of the film. Yes. Right? She's making, you know, she, the husband's gone off to work and she's there sort of making breakfast or what have you. And she picks up an egg and she realises there's something not right about it. So she crushes it in her hand and the egg is completely empty. There's no egg inside it. It's just no. a shell. She does it with another one and another one. And you go, what's going on here? Never comes back at all. Never comes back. And I kind of, because I had this idea in my head of what was going on, I sort of went, oh, that makes sense so like, for what I thought. Mm. But, it, but it's never addressed again. And, and it, she doesn't even she doesn't bring it up what's going on with the eggs and there's nothing else in the film that's really similar to it other than possibly the rumbling that you get a couple of times which again is like this kind of minor earthquake that you get and it's you, you guess you know, everyone there thinks it's something to do with what's going on at the victory project and maybe it's like weapons testing or something but you don't actually know no. and in, and again it's never addressed and never comes back it's just there's something weird about the world that is no never addressed again yeah. the second thing which is you know something that uh, doesn't come up until you just need it is in the confrontation scene at dinner where the, there's three or four families there and Chris Pine and they're getting to talk to the leader and Florence Pugh feels uh, emboldened enough to go after him. He's in fact kind of goaded her into it just mm. prior to this. And she brings up how um, everyone has the same story about how they met their partners yes. in this town. Right, so you know, you met in Philadelphia. It's funny, a lot of people here come from Philadelphia, and you're getting a train, you drop your ticket, you're going to Boston, he mm. picked it up for you, and everyone's got this same story. Interesting, except that at no point has this come up before. No, it's not like she noticed it, or it's like, oh, funny, funny coincidence, you've met the same way. It's just it only comes up now. No. It's it's it, it hasn't built up the mystery and the tension properly. No, and actually, that scene ends up possibly being interesting or has potential to be interesting because what I did like about it is the idea that she is completely unprepared for this confrontation she's not remotely ready to confront Chris Pine's character about it you think no. you think you'd build up and build up and, and get all the information that you need and I like the idea that she fails to do it yes. you know but again nothing then comes out of that it's just an interesting idea it's it's very interesting because you know the to me, the film became more interesting once I understood what was happening, once yeah. it was clearer. And at the same time, simultaneously, as I understood what was happening, then you see more clearly the failings of what you saw before. So we're now really entering spoiler territory. Yes. Okay. Um, because what ends up happening, or you know, the story that became really interesting to me, is here's this man married to a very successful woman, yeah, a surgeon, yeah, yeah, uh, who works in ER, yeah, who's, you know, they're having difficulties in their marriage because clearly she's overworked and he can't seemingly get a job or he's at home all the time anyway. He seems uh, to be one of these extremely online persons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, just to be explicit. Yes. yes is there. Yeah. And so, and they love each other. But then his idea of loving her is basically to take her life away. Mm. Yeah, to kind of kidnap her, keep her strapped to a bed, you know, steal her identity, and make her into the wife he wants, which is one who's at home cooking all the time and cleaning and waiting for him with a cocktail in her hand so he can fuck her. Right? That's his idea of what she wants. Right? Now, you know, it's not a story that we haven't heard of before, but it's an, it's, yeah, it would be interesting mm. if the film kind of had dramatized it before because ostensibly everybody in this world is made of 
women who are of men who are keeping their wives tied to a bed so they yeah. can, so he can live out this fantasy, right? Now, what kind of man is that? The film offers you no clue, yeah, that these bland men who are driving their cars to work, mm. you know, listening to easy listening early 60s music, have that dark edge. In fact, you, you, you know, there's nothing in the first hour of the film that gives you a clue that the character played by Harry Styles has that darkness and selfishness or nothing. Yeah, there's not enough to, when you understand the twist, there's not enough to think back on and realise that's what was happening. Yeah. So I, like I said, um, I turned to Matt in the middle of the film, we saw the film with, and uh, we're not in the middle of the film, at the start of the film I thought, I, I really understand, I think, I, I think mm. this will be the modern day and it will be online, mm. because that's how you update this kind of story to the, to, the, to, the, to the new world, and so it may not be incel specifically, because, you know, Harry Styles is not um, an insult on this. He has a partner. His, his real, you know, person has a partner. Um, but it's going to build on kind of online radicalization of men mm. and that kind of thing, and which is definitely what it's doing when you see him sitting in front of the YouTube videos, which the Chris Pine character is, you know, narrating and so on. And kind of that's, that's, that's very much a, a, a kind of last 10 years sort of phenomenon. Mm. Um, and, you know, it made sense. So like I said, when the thing about the eggs, I was like, oh, right, so it's going to be something about it hasn't loaded the middle of the egg yet. You know, mm. it's going to be like a glitch in the system sort of thing. And, and it would have been nice if, some that something had come out of that, but of course it's you know, just forgotten. Um, Things are not thought through. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a potential for a much more complex and much more interesting film that isn't the one we see. So, for example, you know, the world that they're living in, yeah, is um, well, no, actually that's not true. I was going to say, you know, you think that there has to be money behind it. There has to be some kind of corporate, yeah? Mm. This is an expensive thing to maintain. Presumably, somebody is paying the rent of, you know, all of these people who have real lives and who are sleeping through them, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of, you know, otherwise someone discovers the crime or there could be tension in the outside world of somebody discovering this or, you know, but you think there has to be some kind of corporate entity that has sufficient funds to finance all of this. Who are they? What? Why? Right, like... Yeah, yeah, so you, nothing you, is when it all comes out. You get Harry Styles saying, you know, in the real world, I have to get up every day and go to work just to pay for this. Mm. And you're like, okay, so people are paying their way, but um, and 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 you can sort of imagine how it would be a kind of small, sort of hidden, you know, kind of underground operation. But still, there's a thing about the technology that they're using to do it and so on. You, you know, you think about the um, when when he's signing up to it, you see the in kind of flashback, you see him signing up to this victory project, and. Part of the questionnaire that he's answering is has something about, um, you know, do you have all the equipment that you know, all the space that you need to set up this equipment, and then you sort of see mm. what they're doing with this equipment, and it's it's a thing that holds your eyes open, and there's projection of these images that then you know make sense mm. of these funny images that you see every now and again flashing into Florence Pugh's mind. Um, but you're going like, yes, so what what is the what is the reality of this? Like, and because and and it's definitely the case that that if the film had taken more of an interest in the reality of it and the outside world and how it actually works, as opposed to just using it as the creepy Twilight Zone twist mm. that it does, um, it, it would be more interesting, like kind of the, the real-life sort of implications of it and the fight over it and that sort of thing and how fucked up it is. Like, I, I instinctively think that would have been more interesting if it had kind of... And, and, and you're absolutely right about 
not getting a sense of who the other people are because it's so clearly built. Like, even in interviews and things, Olivia Wilde was talking about doing research. I think this is probably part of what why I sort of fairly you know, clocked it early on. She was talking about doing research into incels and Jordan Peterson and things like that. Um, and you're going, but okay, but there are two people involved in this project who we really get an understanding of why they're there. One is Harry Styles, mm. who does it, and he has a partner, he thinks that'll improve his life. It's not like he's inventing a partner in this happy world he can live in. Mm. He's, you know... He's got one. Just, he's got one, right? Um, and he's just kind of unhappy in his life. The other one is Olivia Wilde. Mm. And Olivia Wilde, as far as we know, as far as we can imagine, is the only woman who's chosen to be there. Yes. Um, which, again, kind of breaks this idea of well, it's the men who enslave the women here. Um, because her thing is that she has children in this world, but her children in, in the real world died, and she chose to be here where she could live out this fantasy of actually having them with her. And you kind of mm. think, yeah, like, I get that, actually. You know? <laughs> like, when you, when you kind of... When it's just you who's involved, you assume her. Well, she doesn't. Does she have a husband in She does. Yes, she does. So, I, I, so I guess the question is: Is he consensually involved? Mm. Um, we don't get any uh, idea of that. But like with her, you go, yeah, I can totally see. Just I want to get. It's like plugged into the matrix. I want to yeah. go back here, and you know. But everyone else, you don't get that impression. You don't get that impression. So every other male character you see, have they invented their wives, or have they kidnapped real real people, or do they have partners in the real world? All that kind of stuff. It goes nowhere. Goes nowhere, and that's actually what's m- more interesting. Yes, and also the Chris Pines character. So you know, his wife kills him at the end, and I, I think the assumption is that basically, is it her scheme? Is she taking over the scheme now? Is she also an equal partner? And you know, I, that in a way that didn't quite make sense to me. No, it made no sense at all. Uh, that that move, and then there's a really important. Thing, I thought, which again I think would have made the film richer, you know, which is the logical question to ask, uh, but which the film doesn't, which is what happens when the Florence Pugh character returns to the real world? Yeah, so she, she's now at the screen, you get the sense she's returning to the real world, mm. but she's She's tied up to a bed. Yeah. Right? Like, like, yeah, who's going to rescue her from that? She right? has to scream. Yes. I mean, well, wouldn't that have been a better ending? Something like that? I mean, there it is It would have just... been better had it been a little bit more dark. I mean, I would have much preferred it because like, essentially she, she succeeds at the end, right? She gets out. You know, we don't see it, but we hear over blackness before the credits. She takes a deep gulp of breath and she's woken up. Totally, that's what that's the implication. But she's woken up still in chains. Yeah, but, it's like, but, the, but the thing is, the, the yeah. film has ended with this, you know, it's kind of victory for her. She's managed to overcome the people controlling her, the, the, the patriarchal system and all of that that has um, forced her there. Um, I, I think I, I think I wanted an unhappy ending, to be honest. Mm. I think I wanted to... I don't like necessarily want her to die, but I thought I want something... I want the film to to, to feel more of a tone of darkness it's so funny that it, you think it you think that's totally what it would aim for in the kind of the perfect life that you then find is not perfect at all um and you know i'm being controlled in various ways like the, the, the film it's like the film has a checklist of you know kind of men and women ideas hmm. so you have the gaslighting thing that happens more than a couple of times yes. in the film she's gaslit every, every now and again um you get the kind of medicalization of legitimate women's problems mm-hmm. they talk about they don't talk about hysteria they use the word hysterical at one mm. point don't you know, don't get hysterical. And hysteria in the 19th century was considered like a genuine thing that women could be diagnosed with. Uh, some kind of all-purpose illness for women. Mm. Um, think about Hexen, which we saw, you know, which like, was all about mm. that, right? And, and so here she ends up um, getting uh, uh, electroshock therapy to kind of reset her, delete her memories, and 
and put it back. Which again, you think if this is all virtual, how, why do you need to to pr- do like virtual play pretend memory wiping? Why can't you just like hit delete? Or yeah, something? It's like, like, there's so much that, like in the car chase at the end. Why can't they just have cars that go 500 miles an hour? Like it's virtual. Fuck yeah. it. Um, you've got the idea. I think like the general setting of the 50s. Like the idea that all these men in the real modern world see the 50s as this kind of idyllic place to go back to where roles were defined and women did their jobs and that and kind they of were stuff. on champagne you know that's kind of I think that's glasses. kind of that's part of it so the film does this does this checklist of you know this is another part of the of the man woman kind of kind of fight um that we can that we can I do something with, but is, it doesn't add up the film is very confused because you know i think on the one hand it is drawing on that whole Insel and Jordan Peterson thing. On the other hand, the Harry Styles character is almost like an archetypal abuser, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, I mean, he's someone who basically, if it was a different film, you know, he'd be beating his wife, right? I love you. You know, I can't live without you. Bang, right? So, you know, and yet he's made to seem an Insel. I don't know why, because you can't show Harry Styles hitting women, Right. But he's clearly not an insult because, you know, yeah. he he partnered up and, you know, with a really highly intelligent and skilled and successful woman. So, yeah. I suppose the implication is one of weakness. Like, he doesn't actually have the strength to to improve his life or address his problems, and he, nor does he have the strength to be a kind of out-and-out physical abuser. So, and, and I think one thing that you associate with the kind of incel type is... Is some form of weakness, and that's in that. Like, and weakness is maybe not the, quite the right word because because a lot of them, I mean, they do end up going out and shooting up their schools and Christ knows what. Um, but it's, but do you know what I mean? It's something about uh, it's the the funny thing about Harry Styles' character is being in this virtual world that he's you know, captured his partner and and got them both into. Is it kind of gives him the opportunity to be a better person? I think. If you once you accept the fact that he's being an awful person for having done this, no, but he, he, he continues si- to do that. I mean, he's a, he's a serial abuser, so you know all those lines of "you and I, baby, all the way," mm. you know, and so on. Yeah, just before he betrays. I mean, he betrays her several times in the film, so like in ma- really major ways, right? You know, so I mean, that's why for me it seems like an archetypal abuser. Yeah, and, you know, kind of when you hear about pe- men who beat their wives, you know, there's all these expressions of love, you know, mm. and of being sorry and of making things better and of living only for her. Yeah, and in the middle of it, like, there's all this physical abuse, right? Mm. And it's either, like, making up for it or asking forgiveness, and then kind of the cycle returns. And you see those dynamics played out in that relationship that you're shown, except that you actually never see a physical beating. Yeah, like the beating is replaced by... the the trapping and the, yeah. over, the overall thing, um, um, but it's interesting that like in the in the sex scenes in the first sex scene, it's about her pleasure. Sure, like this idea that that his perfect idea is he comes home and immediately starts yeah. um, eating her out. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's not about it's not a, it's about her pleasure. And that's the it's shot as though it's for her pleasure. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's it focuses all on her face and um, well, and clearly that's the way <laughs> he thinks of it, right? That yeah. it's all for her. Right. So that's what yeah. I mean by kind of it kind of gives him the opportunity to be a better person. In that sense, he kind of he, he like I don't I don't disbelieve when he talks about loving her, but and maybe that is what makes it I suppose archetypally abusive. He doesn't see that it's abuse. 
I mean, he tells her, you know, how is it for me if you've stolen my life? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. She tells him. Yeah, she tells him. So, yeah. you know. Um, but but the point is, when he talks about it being for her and for them and for their happiness, he believes it. He's not lying, I don't think. Except maybe to himself. But he, he believes in himself. Um... I don't know. Up to a point, I would I would say, because you know the thing is that when you see him in the real world, yeah, he's kind of scraggly and forlorn and out of it and dependent on her, and he can't even get it together to have the hot water turned on. Mm. So, you know, I mean, surely, kind of, it's about doing it for himself, also. Yeah, he looks clean and sharp, and he's a great lover, and he gets promoted. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. You know. That's um, a huge so, part of the fantasy. You know, um, so, I don't think it's only for her. Um, anyway, we're making it seem like it was a lot more interesting film than it was. But actually, these are all the lacks in the film, really. Yeah. It was, I thought, really terrible. It was really bad. I don't think it really has a redeeming thing about it. Um, I think it's interesting that it's been built up with all this press has happened about about Shia Burf apparently was involved in the film and then left and the question of whether he walked or whether Olivia Wilde fired him and what were the reasons, you know, some allegations. Well, I would have walked out of that role, let me tell well, you. Well, this is the thing. Like, it's so badly the, written. The allegations, yeah. allegations that Olivia Wilde made about him being bad on set or his behaviour not being conducive to the kind of mm. um, work environment that she wanted and so on. And then later, um, Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde apparently had a big bust up and then mm. she was like less involved. Florence Pugh, that is, in, in the press and so on. And and nothing is established, in fact, really. But the thing is, you totally get the impression that this really comes down to people... Actually, this is a terrible film. Terrible yeah. film. And uh-huh. that's where this all kind of stems from. Yes, you know? and we need as much publicity for it as possible. There was also the incident... No, no, I don't mean they want publicity. I mean, that's why the fights would occur, oh. you know? Well, there's that, but there's also this publicity element because there was this thing about Harry Styles spitting on... Uh, Chris Pine at the uh, a Cannes premiere. If that's true. I if mean, that's true. Yeah. It wasn't visible in the video. Um, but you do also get a sense that, you know, it's publicity and yeah. this is definitely a film that can use as much help as it, yeah, a lot of help. Just just stay with the trailer. The trailer was good. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing the film really spoils it. Mm. You know? And you expect so much better. Booksmart was really good. It actually yeah. makes me want to revisit Booksmart and see... I should maybe want to listen back to the podcast we did on Booksmart and hear if we had any reservations about it. Because I remember just really liking it. Yes, I remember really liking it. And I remember really being impressed by, you know, just seeing women being smart and funny, yeah, with each other on film, actually. Yeah. Um, so all uh, qualities that this film uh, lacks. It just actually doesn't make sense. And it feels really amateurish. So... Um, yeah, that's my verdict. Yeah, it's a good verdict. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies. Uh, uh, we are back. Not back for long if the rest of the films are like this. Yes. God. <laughs> 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 and we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, I've forgotten. I think that's all of them. Um, <laughs> our social media is Facebook and Twitter at eavesdrop movies and the website is eavesdropping at the movies.com thank you bye bye <laughs>